0: I am Michael Crawford from The Howard University. I am also the founder and executive director of Howard University's 1867 Health Innovations Project, where we are looking for innovative solutions to address long-standing health challenges. This is 21st century health. Most people in the healthcare sector agree that digital health is a positive development. And when it is
1: used correctly, it could improve health outcomes. It empowers potentially some of the services. Empowers individual to do a better job taking care of themselves, freeing up clinicians to really focus on the things that they really should be focusing on. It can improve outcomes by providing better information at the you know at better times to the right people, whether the patient or a practitioner. It can have all of these these impacts.
0: That was Dale Van Demarck. Dale is a partner at McDermott, Will & Emory, where he advises on strategic transactions and digital health matters in the health, life sciences, and technology sectors. Dale sees the potential in how digital health innovations are improving our healthcare system. But he does not know if we have seen the whole picture just yet.
1: The impacts of digital health, I think, still remain to be seen. I think we are still really working through what some of the solutions that we've seen implemented really mean for individuals, for the healthcare system as a whole, the, 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 you know, the cost. I think we're still very, very, very early stages in a lot of that. I think we're still dealing with so many solutions being available and individuals and practitioners and payer organizations still trying to figure out the real benefits behind these things.
0: In our last episode, we heard from entrepreneurs who expressed their concern that healthcare is not transforming fast enough, while other industries have been quick to embrace digital technology. We understand this concern, but there is another side of the coin. There is something we need to acknowledge about the healthcare sector.
1: We have to understand that our healthcare system is extraordinarily complex. And it is not one that can very easily, uniformly and broadly adopt a new solution. It takes time. It doesn't necessarily work in every instance to simply throw something out there and say, oh, we're just gonna, this is now we're gonna pay for this. That that doesn't necessarily work. And of course, in healthcare, we need to make sure things work and we need to make sure that they don't cause harm. And I don't think that we really have seen enough of these services out there in the marketplace long enough for the kinds of studies that I think scientists prefer the data that they want to have. And I I think we haven't seen a lot of this stuff out there long enough for people to really draw conclusive conclusions about how effective they are on a broad scale. Now, I'm speaking very much in generalities. I think there are some things that have been out there long enough for us to understand a little bit better, and we're seeing more and more data around other things. And so, you know, we're getting there. But because that category of digital health is so broad, and we are seeing new things coming online, right, every day, that it's hard to generalize about, you know, kind of what its impact is.
0: Entrepreneurs are not the only ones who need to understand this aspect of healthcare that sets it apart from other industries. The people who are financing these innovations need to understand this unique difference as well. Venture capitalists may be very familiar with what it takes to successfully invest in a startup, but what do they need to know about investing in healthcare innovations? I'm following up with Dale to hear his perspective on what goes into financing the innovations to improve our healthcare system. Dale, when it comes to addressing health equity and the innovations required to do so, what role does venture capital play?
1: Well, it is certainly playing a significant role right now because it is the primary source for people with these great ideas to get them out there. When we think about the advancements in digital health, for the most part, it's been venture driven. Right. We see a lot of venture money going in and in, in supporting these services. Now, longer term, I think the role of venture capital will diminish, but it could also evolve depending on the freedom that the funds have to take a slightly different investment thesis to what it is that they're doing. And the reason I say that is that for digital health, to real these tools to really catch on, And to really be implemented, it's going to require a combination of adoption by individuals, adoption by practitioners, and adoption by payers. Those three things are difficult. (laughs) Those are not easy things. And venture capital funds have made a lot of money in the technology sector by working with entrepreneurs who really know how to get people to utilize their technology. But in healthcare, it's not that easy, right? Because if you have a provider that loves it and wants to use it, that's great. But if the patient doesn't want to use it, who cares? If the payer organization really likes it, but the providers can't stand it, that is not going to work. You really need to get all three you know, core parties to a healthcare delivery system around an idea to make it work. And so even these venture-backed companies, they're going to have to integrate themselves to a certain degree into the existing healthcare infrastructure, which is not a traditional, necessarily doesn't allow for that traditional mode of exponential growth that a lot of venture capital funds kind of rely on to make their returns. And so I think that the venture capital community needs to take a little bit broader perspective in terms of what it is that it's it's trying to accomplish and and how they can accomplish it and by taking seriously that need to work with some of the traditional players in healthcare with at least with with respect to at least some of the solutions that they're working with in order to really see them take hold and develop and i think if they are able to do that then they will continue to play a significant role in the development of digital health solutions. So I think there's real potential, you know, there's real potential for venture capital funds to participate meaningfully. But I do think that they really need to recognize that healthcare is different. It's not just a consumer industry really has multiple stakeholders that need to be satisfied with what you're doing. And a system that has so many different parts It's an industry of collaboration.
0: We know that certain innovations can address longstanding health equity challenges in the U.S. How can we provide the appropriate incentives for venture capitalists and entrepreneurs to develop and encourage digital solutions that transform care for all?
1: I may be somewhat optimistic, but in my experience, just about everybody I meet intends to do the right thing and wants to do the right thing and and certainly wants to help. The issue we have, I think, however, is that everything ultimately gets reduced to money in some form or other, at some point or other, within any of these systems. I mean, it doesn't matter whether we have a, you know, if we had a full public, publicly paid healthcare system, it would be money, right? It's publicly paid. I mean, you take a look at all of the nationalized health systems in the world, and yes, it comes down to money. It's tax dollars, right? It may be free at the point of care, but your tax dollars are paying for it, right? And so there's always an incentive around money to do whatever it is. So I think it's kind of the tried and true incentive, and I think it does work. And certainly one of the problems we have within our healthcare system as a general matter is the cost. And so I think if we can figure out ways to create the right kinds of financial incentives to address some of the health equity issues that are out there. I think we would be using a you know a tried and true toolkit uh, for doing so. And I think that if we identify, speaking of course, in very broad terms, but if we identify certain items of health equity that we want to address and figure out the right financial incentives around it, hopefully, Ones that make sense, not just from the perspective of addressing the issue of health equity, but also, for example, perhaps reducing the total cost of care for a population. And I think the good news is that there is, generally speaking, an acceptance of the notion that if we do a better job, what we are doing is actually addressing healthcare issues sometimes even before they arise. And if we acknowledge that from an efficiency standpoint, which we tend to do, then we can more easily adopt methodologies that are going to specifically add in a health equity component to it, right? Because you can say, hey, look, if you address this this health equity issue that we're focused on, it's gonna make you more successful in your ACO, right? Well, great. Then that's something that people will, I think, willfully adopt.
0: Like Dale said, healthcare is a unique space with many different stakeholders, all who have an opinion on how innovations are developed and implemented. Dale gave some helpful insight into certain healthcare nuances VCs should consider before investing. I wanted another perspective to better understand how VCs can further navigate the healthcare space, and also, what does the future financing look like for healthcare? I'm speaking with Brian McGough about this. Brian is the Senior Managing Director at Ziegler. Brian, I first wanted to ask you, what companies come to mind when you think about entrepreneurs who are advancing health equity?
2: There's some really forward-thinking entrepreneurs. A company that comes to mind is called Socially Determined, uh, started by a physician that has leaned in creating risk scores That allows patient identification and a platform enabling community intervention to improve health outcomes. And their platform and the the risk scoring uh, capabilities are probably one of the more forward-leaning solutions for patient populations that historically may not have been identified. And more importantly, what Socially Determined does is interdict with those patients very early in the identification process to get them on a care path. That really can help limit chronic disease and and other issues that have come along.
0: Before we go any further in our conversation about financing innovation, I want to make sure that we are all on the same page with definitions. Sometimes when we say venture capital, people's minds periodically jump to something that is actually labeled as private equity. Can you clarify the difference between the two?
2: Yeah, venture, I think, feels a bit more of a longer term, like a longer term partner Sometimes PE firms for isolated revenue opportunities to, to move forward and create outcomes that historically venture or, or strategic investors, maybe another way of describing them, might not have the same duration of investment or appetite for that period of time that, uh, that you know a strategic or financial would, would, would generally have a longer uh, period of time. Uh, and, and I don't want to use the word patience, but the but, uh, comfort with, but partnering with those entities away from folks that, you know, maybe traditionally were thought of around uh, of PE.
0: So entrepreneurs need investment in order to power these solutions, to give them opportunities to tackle some of these complex challenges. Who are investing in these types of companies?
2: You know, it's a wide variety and of entities and people, uh, individuals, and probably more diverse today than ever before. You have, you know, traditional with and, and people sort of conflate private equity and venture investors together, which you know they're 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 slightly different. And I think a number of folks also forget that uh, hospital systems also have venture arms that invest in a lot of these uh, solutions, which is a fabulous opportunity to clinically deploy a new solution, to develop it, pilot it, and then turn around and and scale it to to other providers. And so we're seeing a whole variety of household names, you know, company, you know, uh, private investment companies, uh, PE companies, venture companies that are household names, and then a number of others that are just smaller funds that, that like the healthcare space, that like the digital and, and telespace, or have particular interests in that space, whether it's behavioral or post-acute or any of the other um, specialty and subspecialty areas.
0: What are important considerations for the venture capital community when assessing an investment opportunity?
2: Mission alignment, I think, you know, venture investors are looking for solutions, solutions that might be scalable, solutions that might be be able to be deployed in markets that maybe historically they weren't. And do you have, in the healthcare space particularly, do you have some harmony between the clinical side of maybe your partnerships and and the folks that are developing these solutions, along with, you know, the leadership from from the venture investors and maybe even uh, the the healthcare providers. Uh, So creating like a a triad of the investment arms with the innovation teams and some of the other clinical leadership is a magic formula that allows for different kinds of outcomes.
0: Building on that response, how should entrepreneurs position themselves in response to what VCs are, are saying and evaluating regarding investment opportunities?
2: You know, a wide swath of partners, of potential partners, is a great swath of, of potential partners. And I think the getting out to know and networking with folks who understand your initiative, understand your solution that will help you carry the gospel Around to other, particularly providers, if it's in the healthcare space, depending on what vertical it is, and I would say just becoming, you know, very nimble and knowledgeable about what partners are looking for, and the mission mindset that you might have, and and making sure it aligns with the potential partners that you that you talk with, and uh, the smarter entrepreneurs I know are really good at getting to a quick no because the partnership is not uh, something they want to pursue, or it becomes clear that the folks on the other side are just not positioned to move forward with them.
0: I'm curious what the future of financing looks like for healthcare innovations. What form of financing do you see playing a bigger role in advancing health equity? The
2: collaborations that are unfolding coming out of ESG initiatives, which is a very broad term for uh, a number of folks and means a variety of things, particularly on the equity side and actually on the governance side, as we're finding out. But on the equity side, it takes a it means a broad swath of things to people. So folks that have a mission that's focused on equity investing in all of its forms are a, probably a new cohort to the universe of potential investors in some of these early-stage tech-enabled solutions that are driving so much change in healthcare. And then, I think I've mentioned it a couple of times on this call, just because we bump into them so frequently, the mission-driven organizations, whether they're universities or healthcare systems, that are investing to create and foster health equity outcomes in the communities they, they work and live in.
0: What new innovations are occurring in venture capital and private equity to advance Health equity and impact, and how might they transform healthcare?
2: Yeah, I think this is one of the most exciting parts of the market environment that we're in now. The notion of impact investing, you know, as a component of creating equity outcomes, and as more institutions, both uh, traditional private equity players, venture investors, and, and, I'm, and I'm including hospital and health system venture arms in that as well come together to create joint ventures to pursue a variety of different outcomes, particularly in the social determinants space and care access spaces. I think the collaborations that are unfolding are newer. They're different. The partners that are participating are newer and different. And as a result, the outcomes are are interesting and and newer and different. And uh, one example, is around social determinants of health which we referenced a little bit earlier but the ability to interdict well the ability to to bring together a very a non-traditional group of investors to foster an early stage company that has the opportunity to go into different communities and and interdict with patients that have you know episodic or chronic health and and, and disease issues and do it in a way that Allows for uh, patients to be cared for, uh, maybe in a non-traditional setting, maybe at home, and then monitored for the issues that they've been challenged with is a spectacular set of outcomes that have conjoined together because of, of some of the more interesting collaborations and joint ventures and partnerships. and And the success of those outcomes is really around identifying the right partners and joint venture partners or collaborators to work with who's interested in in these kinds of outcomes.
0: We're seeing the emergence of health equity investment funds. Do you believe that these targeted funds are trends or one-time efforts?
2: Considering the fact that health equity investing has been charged and pushed forward at the highest levels of the governing arms of hospitals and universities and corporations, it's more than a trend. And to the extent that um, there'll probably be some delineation within health equity and probably a number of Subsets that that fall out to you know around things like social determinants and and care at home and and a number of the some of the things that we've talked about today. But uh, if you think about the governing boards of corporations, universities, hospitals, private equity arms uh, of all kinds, and private investors of all kinds, it's more than a topic. It's become part of their governing uh, apparatus and and their day to day discussion. So uh, that's a boat that is going to continue to row downstream with a lot of momentum.
0: The healthcare innovations venture space is evolving fast, and we are just scratching the surface. But as we've learned from the entrepreneurs, health equity must be our through line in what we invest in and how we go about doing it. Because as we have heard again and again, we all have a role to play in providing high-quality care for all communities. In future episodes, we will be going more in depth with VCs and entrepreneurs about the current trends we are seeing in the digital health innovation space and how we can respond to them. Until then, thanks for listening to this episode of 21st Century Health. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts.